Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. The Foundations Podcast, November 27th, 2016. Hey, what's up, FC? Christmas time is here. It's December. The weather is chilly. Cinnamon and evergreen candles are wafting to my nostrils on a daily basis. I'm wearing thicker socks. It's an awesome time to be alive and spread a little Christmas cheer as the body of Christ. Right now at Foundations Church, we're living it up. Our new sermon series, Tis the Season, begins this Sunday. We've got a couple of special Christmas parties. The ladies will be having theirs on December 8th. You can get your tickets for $5 in the lobby. And FC students will celebrate on December 21st. So bring the ugliest Christmas sweater you have everywhere you go because you never know when you'll need to humiliate yourself and your family at a random party. Remember also that the James Mission Outreach is in full swing this is an opportunity to give to our fosters within our church network and make their Christmas Christmas a little more special. That's right, I said it. Okay, that's all I got. I'm going to grab some cocoa and leave you with the sweet sounds of the first successful pastor to ever transition from a background as a professional jazz saxophonist slash Kenny G impersonator, Pastor Justin Graves. Morning Foundation Church. It is great to have everybody here today. Uh, next week we start our Christmas series. Everybody loves Christmas, right? So we are starting our series called Tis the Season. Um, it is going to be a very, very fun series that we do. Um, one week we're going to be talking about red cups, not red solo cups, a different red cup. Um, but uh, we'll be talking about red cups. Um, Tis the season to be jolly is one of the, one of the weeks. Um, so it's going to be a great time. And, and here's what I told the first service is this, is man, Christmas is almost like Easter when it comes to inviting people. It is a great time to invite people to come to church where they can encounter Jesus Christ and man, they can be saved and their life can be made totally new and be totally changed. But we have to be found people who are finding people. And it's one of our values that found people find people. And so I'm going to ask all of us here today over the next month, when you play Uno, uh, me and my daughter, when I take her to school, we play Uno every morning in the truck while we're waiting uh, for her school to go in. And you get a draw two, you put it down, and the other person has to draw two cards. I'm asking for you to draw two, for you to go old school Uno, and I'm throwing a draw two down on all of you, and I'm asking you to draw two with you this next month to church, to Foundation Church. Now, Michael told you, we're not doing Christmas Day service, because if we did, none of your kids would be happy that they were here and not opening presents. Let's just be real, okay? Let's be honest. And most of, so we're doing a Christmas Eve service, one at four and one at 5.30. And, and hear me, I know we just came out of a political campaign where there was a lot of promises and we'll see. Um, I'm not calling anybody a liar yet, but we will have, it's maybe the only time I say this, an hour long service. Hold me to it. Um, I can do it. 
I can do it. Um, an hour-long service um, on Christmas Eve so you can still make plans to go with your family or better yet, bring your family here and you can still do Christmas Eve um, as a family. So we really want you um, to be here and just through this whole month, it's going to be great. Um, so today we are finishing our series called Living the 518. Living the 518. And the challenge has been this, living the 518 in the 918. And this whole series is based around living out 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Living this scripture out where we are. Not where we wish we were, not where we want to be, but where we find our lives currently at. Living out 1 Thessalonians 5.18. And 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this, be thankful in all circumstance. Everybody say all. Let's try that one more time. All. Boom, that was second players, always better in golf, um, in church too. For this is God's will for you, not just a good idea. It's God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Be thankful in all circumstances. The first week of this series, we talked about, you know, God hasn't called us to be thankful for all circumstances because that would be really hard and we kind of had to fake it till we make it. That, that's why this verse is so awesome to me. It says, even when you're going through things you didn't ask for, even when you don't like where life is, be thankful in all circumstances. I like the way the Amplified Version reads as well. It says this, in every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Now, we just came out of Thursday. Uh, most of us, we've probably, you know, gathered with family and we're, we're there and we're giving thanks and, um, you know, we're, we're, we're having a great time celebrating and remembering and hopefully we took last week's sermon to heart and we're pondering and we're reflecting on all that God had done and we've made our list out of the last 12 months and some of you right now are like, oh yeah, that was last week. I forgot to do that. Um, I know, I know. Um, and one up the other. Anyways, um, and you wonder where your kids get it, right? Uh, by the way, I've had way too much coffee, so I don't know what's about to come out of my mouth. You can kind of tell. In second service, you kind of bear the brunt of it. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, we, we come out of this week where we're so thankful, and, and Thursday we're spending time with our family, and, you know, hopefully you haven't put up Christmas decorations yet because you respected the bird. Um, show respect to the bird. Um, but the turkey. Maybe we should rephrase that. Um, but, you know, we, 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 and then there's a thing called Black Friday that happens. Now, I have to say, I'm guilty this year. I took my oldest daughter. She wanted to go Black Friday shopping for the first, I've never gone out in the craziness. And we went to Woodland Hills Mall. We did. Everybody's like, oh my God, I can't even come to this church now. Let's go find another. We went to, and you know what? We had an absolute blast. Absolute blast. But um, here's the deal. And we weren't out till midnight. We were out till like 10 o'clock. I'm like, man, I'm so tired. This time change is killing me. Um, <laughs> like, I can tell I turned 40. Um, it, it, it is, what's, what's crazy to me is we go from being thankful and one day, to go into what do we want, right? Uh, now, e not, even, not even a day, that evening, <laughs> 
We're like, okay, okay, I need Christmas lists. I need to know what you want. What's gonna make your life complete? And I can tell you, this isn't just true for kids. This is true for, I can tell you what I want for Christmas this year, right now. Right now, there is a new gaming system. It's not a new one. It's the best one. It's the old NES by Nintendo. And it's preloaded with like the most amazing games like Tecmo Bowl and the original Mario Brothers where you didn't have to fly. If you threw fireballs from your arm, it was amazing. You felt like you could conquer the world at that time because you didn't just get giant size. You got fireballs to destroy those mushroom and turtles. I mean, you can do it. Um, and, and they have re-released this game and that's what I want for Christmas. I'm like, my life will be content when I have the new Nintendo. Um, that's the old Nintendo, but you know what I'm saying. And, and here's the deal is I, I want to talk to you about a topic that I really struggle with. That, that most, I, I could talk about gluttony and I think for some of us that would be, we would be guilty. We'd all be like, yeah, it's me this week. But I think Talking about contentment is probably even more applicable to most of us. Because we're just, we're just a society where we're not content. We're always looking for the new thing, the better thing, the best thing, you know, the best deal, this thing, this thing. And, and, and today as I, I talk, I'm not even just talking about stuff. I'm talking about life situations. You know, some, some of us, you hate where you are. You hate the circumstance you find your life in today. How do you, how do you be content with that? How, how do you not be discontent? How do you stay thankful in all circumstances when you didn't want to be in this circumstance in the first place? Let me, let me read you the definition of what contentment is. Contentment is the state of being mentally and emotionally satisfied with things as they are. And I, I would throw one more thing in there because I didn't come up with this definition. I didn't want to change it yet, but now I will. The state of being mentally, spiritually, and emotionally satisfied with things as they are. How... how how do you and I come to this? Because can I tell you, this is really difficult. This is one of those things that you can think, you can think you got a grip on it, and then the next month you are discontent all over again. How do you and I, how do we as followers of Christ, how do we come to a place where we or, or we're at a state of being mentally, spiritually, and emotionally satisfied with things as they are. The first thing I would tell you is this. And hopefully by the time we're done with this message, it points you in the right direction of coming to a place of being a content follower of Christ. The first thing I would tell you is this, is don't take the cheese. This isn't for lactose intolerant people today. This is for every single one of us today. Don't take the cheese. If you have ever had a mouse problem, and this isn't for mice, this is for a rat right here. There's a difference. Um, a mouse is a cute thing. A rat is what makes grown men scream and cry in a corner. And you're like, eh. um, this is a rat trap. And if you grew up like me, 
watching amazing educational cartoons like Tom and Jerry and the Looney Tunes where they blew each other's heads off. Um, good quality fun. Now it's like little Einsteins. What are you making a kid smart for? It's cartoons. Um, sorry. Uh, told you too much coffee this morning. <laughs> the... Uh, you would, you would find on, on Tom and Jerry especially that every cartoon had the cheese for the mousetrap, right? And Jerry would sneak out there and then I got to make sure my fingers don't get there and then whack, you know, boom. And Jerry would never get trapped. It drove me crazy. I was like, that mouse needs to die like the roadrunner. That roadrunner needs to die and the mouse needs to die. Give the coyote a break and give the cat a break. And I hate cats. But, but here's the deal, is that in real life, the thing that that rat, that that mouse thinks is going to satisfy him is his undoing. It's his trap. It's leading him to his destruction and his end. And here's what it says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 through 10. It says, but godliness with contentment, they've got to be paired together, is great gain. You want to know how to make great gains in your life? It's not just being godly. It's not just being content. But when they meet together, man, now you're on to something. It's great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we'll be content with that. That's a hard verse to live out. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. See, it doesn't just trap you, but it leads you into many foolish and harmful desires that result in poor choices that plunge men and people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all evil, all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Here's, here's what I want to say real quick. I, I've heard pastors get up and talk about this. And if you're here at a place and you know what, your life's doing really well. Your, your life, you, you've got awesome cars and awesome house and pool house and lake house and ski house and I want to be your friend. Um, you know, you, you, that, I want you to know, that's awesome. You don't need to hang your head like, oh. No, that's awesome. This is not a poverty message where if you're not poor, you don't love Jesus as much as me. Okay, it, it is fine for you to have nice stuff. It's just when the nice stuff has us. There's a big difference. And in our culture, what is happening is we're in the pursuit of, not, not just money, we're in the pursuit of stuff, right? We want the stuff. Like for Christmas, I don't ask, hey, somebody give me $200. No, I just ask for the stuff. Hey, just give me stuff. Because I love the stuff. I love the stuff that money can bring. And here's the deal. We, we think that if we get this or if we get that, that it's going to satisfy us, that it's going to finally complete us. But, but, but hear this. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 10 says this. Whoever loves money never has enough. 
Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income, and this too is meaningless. Here, here's the trap. Here's what happens when it comes to our finances. When it comes to the stuff, when it comes to the wealth, when it comes to all the bells and whistles, is that we, we think, oh, well, that's going to that's gonna make me happy. That's, and we get it, and we're like, well, that, that, these clothes don't fit anymore. You know, and I, I spent all that money. This car needs to be fixed, right? This house is breaking down. You know, nobody told me that. And all of a sudden, we're blessed. We're, we're cursing God's blessings, right? The very thing we prayed for, and that's a whole other sermon that I could preach right now. But we, we're, the, the very blessings that God has given us, we're, we're cursing and hashtag, you know, hash browns blessed life. But, but we're here, and, and we think, oh, that, but, but it, it, it leads into a pattern. It leads us into a pattern that leads us to destruction. It leads us into a pattern of compromising our character so that we can get more stuff, so we can get that raise, so we can get that. And, and all of a sudden, it, it starts leading us. But, but here's the deal, is that we'll, we'll come to this awareness. This is what we do. We come to this awareness, and we're like, okay, 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 okay. That's wrong. And we're like, I'm, I'm content now, right? We, we, get a satis we get satisfied, we get content with where we are. Well, when you are, are, are like trying to kill mice, mice eventually learn that the cheese is the trap, right? So you got to switch the bait. You got to do the old switcheroo on them. You, gotta, you know, you throw peanut butter in there, or fruit or something like that to lure the mice in. You, you switch the bait. And can I tell you, that's what Satan does with us. Right when we get to a certain phase, we think, oh, if I just get to past this phase, or if I just get this, or if I just get that, then I'll be fine. We get it, and we're fine for a moment, and then Satan switches the bait. And he switches the thing, and we're like, oh, no, no, I need that. And we think, oh, this is something that kids struggle with. This is something that, 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 that you know, Christmas time, it's all about the kids wanting American girl dolls, and a gaming system, and Xbox Ones, and new skateboards, and all this. No, 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 no. Hear me, it's not that we outgrow adults. Our toys are just more expensive. And for some of us, it's not even about the stuff. It's about the circumstance you find yourself in. Some of you, you're, you're here and, and man, your relationships are a mess. And you're looking up other couples and you're like, man, I, I would just be happy if. And we make our contentment like if this happens, then I will be happy. If this would just, then I would be content. Some of us, we would just, we don't, if I was just in a relationship, if I just wasn't single through with Christmas again, or if I was finally engaged, the ring by spring hasn't come, and it's fall, and it's winter, dear mercy, and all our ORU students are gone. You know, I'm just like, great. And you're sitting here, and you're just going, but, but this wasn't what I, what I asked for. This wasn't what I, I, I wanted. Can I, can I tell you? 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Be thankful in all circumstances. And when we aren't a content person, we aren't a thankful person. When we don't learn to be a person who is content on a regular basis, we are not a person who is thankful on a consistent basis. And this morning, this message is huge for every single one of us. 
Because in your life and my life, there are, are, there's just gaps that happen in our contentment. In fact, it says that, I don't, I don't even know where this quote came from. I just saw it online. I was like, that's good. Um, so it must be true. Um, the gap between more and enough never closes. The gap between more and enough never closes. You can think, oh, wait, wait, if I just, if I had that much money, once you get there, the gap's still there. It, it never closes. And when you go to Britain, I've never been there, but I've read this on the internet. Once again, it's got to be true. When you're waiting on their subway from the, from the, from the track, from, the, excuse me, the platform to getting onto the subway, there is a thing on the bottom there that says, mind the gap, which means for all of us Americans, pay attention, dummy, don't fall into the, into the crack between the platform and the subway, right? There, there's, there's a gap there that will trap you and will hurt you if you are not aware of it. And for you and I, there's going to be gaps in our lives. When we see other couples, when we see other people that get that shiny thing, or we've got family coming in, and everything seems to be going right, and all of a sudden our discontentment happens, there's the gap that doesn't close between more and enough. You've got to be mindful of the gap. What do you do when it seems like everything's going right for them and nothing's going right for you, and your gap is this huge of your contentment? You gotta be mindful mindful of the gap because you got to realize your thankfulness and your contentment can't be based on what's happening around you, but it's got to be based on what God is doing in and through you. And when you and I can base our contentment with based on who we have instead of what we have, it is a game changer. Here's what the Bible says. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, it says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, Never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. Charles Spurgeon said this, As long as a man is alive and out of hell, he cannot have cause to complain. As long as a, a man is alive and out of hell, Man does not have cause to complain. Man does not have cause to be discontent. Where's your situation? Where's your circumstance? Because 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God. For this is God's will. This is his purpose for those of you who belong to Christ Jesus. Second thing I would tell you is this, when it comes to living a life of contentment, don't forget your first thing. Don't forget your first thing. I love the quote that says this, while we pursue happiness, we flee from contentment. While we pursue happiness, while we pursue what we think will make us happy, we flee, we run from contentment. Matthew chapter 6 verse 31 through 33 says this, don't worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. But seek first his kingdom 
and his righteousness. What do, what, what, do, what do you seek him first? Can I tell you, for a lot of us, and this isn't something that we shouldn't be doing, it just shouldn't be the first thing we're doing. For a lot of us, we're seeking to make a living. There's nothing wrong with making a living. You need, you need to be out there making a living. You need to provide for your family. Absolutely, there's scriptures upon scriptures for that, that support that. Hear me, in, in the process of making a living, it can't be your first thing. That's, that's not what you and I are, are called to do. Some of us, you know what? We're, we're seeking a relationship, and there's nothing wrong with pursuing a relationship. Hey, go for it. We're going to do a relationship series in February called For Better, For Worse. Boom, I can't wait. Because you know what? When we do that series, we're taking the gloves off. We're just going, I'm going to talk about real issues that we're really dealing with. And it's going to hurt somebody's feelings. Praise God. Amen. But, but we're pursuing, we, we spend more time pursuing relationships instead of the relationship. We, 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 we're, we're not seeking first. It didn't say, seek me when it's convenient. Seek my kingdom when you schedule time in, does it? This is, this is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. He's talking to a crowd of people and he said, man, you want to know what, it's like, what it is to be a follower of me? Don't run after what, what are you going to wear? What are you going to eat? What, what am I going to wear to church this morning? Oh, I've got so many clothes. I, I don't even know what to wear today. You know, I wore that last month. I don't, I, those heels don't go with that. Why? why? Oh. No. Church isn't about what you wear. Your life's not about what you wear. It's not about where you go to eat after church based on whether I go to church. I go to church today because they're going to a restaurant I like. No. Our, our role, what Jesus tells us as followers of Christ, that our first thing has to be is to seek His kingdom and to seek His righteousness. That's why we say growing equals changing. Because a growing person in the Lord is a changing. That means we're becoming more like Christ. That means it's a fancy word for sanctification. It, sanctification is, man, we're growing and we're changing. We're becoming righteous. We're becoming more like him and less like us. But this morning, whose kingdom are you building? Who, whose kingdom are you spending more time building? Are you building yours? Or are you building his? Because the follower of Christ, our, our, our first thing is to seek first his kingdom his righteousness, and then he says, and then all these things will be given to you. When you get the first thing right, everything else will fall into place, but you got to get the first thing first. It's almost like building a fence, and I'm not super handy, so I had to reference this information, uh, but when you go to build a fence, you've got to spend time getting the post right. Like, if you don't get the post right, your fence is going to be all janky-fied, okay? It's not going to be right. So you set your post eight feet apart. You set a post eight feet center. See, that's a term I would never use in my life. 
Because if you get your post, you get the whole dog, you put your post in, you set it with quick creep, the next day you can come out and you just throw two by fours up and then the fence picket goes up and man, minimal work. But if you don't get your post right, you're setting a whole lot more work and a whole lot of headaches in front of you. It's almost like the foundation of a house. If you don't set that foundation right, you're going to have problems all throughout the build. And what are you building your life seeking after? Because if your life isn't seeking to put Christ first, if it's not about seeking his kingdom and his righteousness, your life is going to be dysfunctional all the way the rest of your life until you get the first thing first. But his promise is this. When we make sure we keep the first thing first, everything else falls into place. Because when you seek his kingdom, and when you seek his righteousness, all these things, your worries, your clothes, what you're going to eat, what you're going to do, man, it all falls into place when we keep the first thing first. Last thing I would tell you, and I'm going to ask the worship team to come up, is this, is that you learn to be content. You learn to be content. And Philippians says this, in chapter 4, verses 11 through 13, it says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. Now, this, this is Paul, the guy that was shipwrecked three times, the guy that was adrift at sea for a night and a day, the guy that got bit by a snake, the guy that had been stoned, the guy that they had to lower in a basket over a city wall so people didn't kill him. Guy that's been beaten with, with the whips for 39 times, I think five separate times. He was beaten with rods. All these things have happened to Paul. And Paul's sitting here saying, I, I know what it is to not like your circumstance you find yourself in. I, I understand that you don't like where you find yourselves at. I understand what it is to go to bed hungry. I understand what it is to not have enough clothing and go to bed cold. I understand what it is to feel like you've been totally forgotten about. I know what it is to be in need, but he also says this, and I know what it is to have plenty. If you think you're going to be content once God finally gives you that new toy, you're wrong. Just because you have more stuff doesn't mean you have more contentment. It doesn't work that way. He said, I know what it is to be in need. Some of you, that's where you're at. Some of us, we have plenty. We look around. We're like, God, you've been so good. What more could I ask for except a stupid Nintendo game? I, I know what it is to have plenty. And I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, because I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. You're going to need the strength of God to be content the rest of your life. You can't lean on you heavy enough. You got to lean on something bigger. And can 
can I tell you? Contentment is learned. It's almost like when, when we went to school. Man, there was no kid I went to school with ever that showed up at kindergarten or preschool and could read on a 10th grade level. It didn't happen. Why? Because they learned to read. They were taught to read. They went to school. They went situation after situation. They learned how to read. No, no, no kid knew how to do algebra. Man, I still don't know how to do algebra. I'm like X plus Y equals stupid. You know, um, that's algebra to me. You, you were taught. You, you learned it in contentment. Paul said, man, I've, I've learned. You know what I've learned? I can't and you can't do it on your own. But I can do it through Christ gives me strength. I can do it when I don't try to lean on my own nature, but I lean on my spirit-led nature like Paul talks about in Romans. I can do all things. Whether I don't have anything, whether I'm in a situation that I hate, whether I'm alone, whether I'm poor, whether I'm in need, or I've got it all and I still feel like I got nothing. I have learned to be content because it's Jesus Christ who gives me strength. And so I can live out 1 Thessalonians 5.18. I have learned, I have learned to be thankful in all circumstances, no matter the situation I find myself in. Because this is God's will for those who are in Christ Jesus. Man, this morning, I invite you back to the desk and being a disciple and a learner of Christ. And to rely on something that's bigger than you this morning. And to learn contentment once again. And to rely and to lean on the strength of the Lord so you can live out the 518 here in the 918. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. I thank you. God, this is truly something I think 95% of us probably struggle with. God, we start looking at all that everyone else has going for them. Whether it's on social media, we see everybody else's circumstance and how great they portray life to be. And we say, I wish my life was that. I wish I traveled this much. I wish I had that house. I wish I had that family. I wish me and my spouse had that relationship. And we dare to compare. And in the process of it all, we take the bait. Lord, we let our lives be led to a trap. Lord, some of us, it's, we've been lured by stuff. Think we would be content if we have more but Lord I pray this morning that we would get down what Paul said that we learn to be content whether we have much or whether we have little God that we would come by back just man back to your classroom and we would once again become a student of you and Lord, in the process of pursuing and making life about all these other things, God, that our life, the first thing, would be about building your kingdom and seeking your righteousness. Lord, that we would seek your kingdom and your righteousness, that that would be our first thing. And that, Lord, we would realize and we would trust in you 
that everything else is going to fall in place when we place it in your hands. Because you are a good father who wants great things for us. Lord, I love you and I thank you for this and I pray help us with this. It's in Jesus' name I pray with heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're here today and you say, Justin, I'm here and I've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life. We want to give you that chance. This morning, you know what? You may be here, and maybe it's, it's not about a first-time decision, but it's about recommitting your life. You're not where you should be in your relationship with Jesus Christ. We want to give you that opportunity and that chance. And 1 John 1.9 says this, that if we will confess our sins, He will forgive us from all, everything, all our unrighteousness. And this morning, if you need to make a change, I'm going to count to three, and all I want you to do is raise your hand, and we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. One, two, three. Is there anyone this morning? That's you. There's one hand. There's two hands. Is there anyone else? You join these two hands that are lifted. You say, Justin, that's me. Yeah, there's three hands. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me. This morning, I need, I, man, I need to get things right because I'm not where I need to be. Is there anyone else before we go any further? If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I've sinned, that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. Jesus, I ask that your grace and love would enter my life. I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. Can we give these two, three individuals a huge round of applause this morning? Yeah, what an awesome, awesome moment. Here's what I would tell you. If you raised your hand, maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you said this prayer and you meant it from your heart. Can I invite you? Man, we believe everybody has a next step here at Foundation Church. And your next step is to get baptized in water, to go public with an inward change that just happened. And so if you would like to get baptized, it's what happened in the Bible. We believe that growing people are changing people. A growing equals changing. We want to help you with that next step. Maybe you got baptized a long time ago when you were a little kid and you never knew what you were doing and it didn't have significance. And you're like, man, I just need to get rebaptized because I just wanted to go swimming in church when I was a little kid. That's why I did it. We want to invite you. Go to our Connect Center. When you're walking out, hang a left. We've got some people in our Connect Center that will get you signed up for the plunge. They can answer any questions that you might have about, man, your relationship with Jesus Christ. They can get you plugged into a small group, a connect group because we believe we're better together. They can get you a Bible if you need a Bible. Man, stop by our Connect Center or if you don't have time, text the word RESPONSE to 24587 because we want to follow up with you and we want to help you on this journey that is being a follower of Christ. Also, man, I I, want to say this. Every week we're seeing the lost become found. And it's one of our core, core values. 
Luke 19 10 says for the son of man came to find lost people and save them his mission is our mission his purpose our purpose can I tell you this month this week foundation church as we get ready to leave this place I want to challenge you draw to bring to go be found people who are finding people we are bold about stupid things like football teams and soccer teams and baseball teams and wrestling and all these different things we'll get online when there's an earthquake earthquake you know anybody feel that but we won't talk about our savior jesus christ with people we know we should talk to them about man shame on us i'm not trying to be mean but shame on us for letting the savior of the world become the most awkward thing to talk about it's the most powerful thing we can talk about let's be the church not the church that it's easy to be but the church he has called us to be and let's see lost people continue to become bound because of his amazing grace man he is restoring people for his sake and his kingdom i'm going to invite all of you to stand across this place we're going to worship the lord and shannon will dismiss us in just a moment believe belong become join us in our vision here at foundation Church. Our services are every Sunday morning at 9 and 10.45 a.m. And our youth service, FC Students, is every Wednesday at 7 p.m. For more info, check us out online at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.